We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome in to the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i am one of your hosts dusty evely with me tonight no steve perhatch uh but but i'm here with sarah kelleher the always wonderful sarah kelleher sarah how are you good i mean i'm sad steve can join us but i know he's having fun and we all deserve an off day here and there. So, mm-hmm. Steve, miss you. Hope you're having a good time with your buddies, and we'll see you again next week. Uh, but I'm excited. You know, one preseason game in the books for the Packers. In my mind, that just means we're one step closer to the real thing um, mm-hmm. and having real football to talk about. You know, today when we're recording this, I know people are listening on Wednesday. We uh, had, you know, practice Saints versus Packers, mm-hmm. which – Hey, it's a little bit interesting. We had some Nicolas Cage action from Aaron Rodgers again. I, I, I just love how he continues to drop these Nicolas Cage tidbits He's on Tuesdays. It, it's, it's like he knows that that's mm-hmm. the day that we record. Um, so I'm feeling good. Um, you know, decent amount of things to talk about. And it just feels like we're getting closer. And that's all I want. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Steve, Steve's off um, no, gallivanting, probably a little bit of rabble rousing. Uh, but we expect him back next week, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, we're sad. We're sad he's not here because Nick Cage stuff, Sarah. That's the big news of the day is that uh, I did not see the origin of this. I don't know if you did that. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers just has a plaster bust of Nick Cage just in his locker. You're just kind of showing it off to to just a throng of reporters. Um, is there? Did you see? Is there a story behind that? Did someone give that to him, or is he just kind of have it? I tried looking into it, and you know, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm, we're both dumb and stupid. But from what I saw, he was somebody asked. I, I did see that a reporter asked, you know, why? What? That's Nicholas Cage. And he just said, Why wouldn't I have it? Like that? Mm. It's Nicholas Cage. He belongs here. And it didn't really seem like there was much exaggeration um, or much of an explanation beyond that. Um, but this is totally Aaron Rodgers. I'd love for, you know, Schneidman or uh, Wes Hodswitz or Rob Zimbowski, somebody to put on their investigative journalism hats and find out how this happened. Who created it? You know, when was it ordered? Mm-hmm. Before or after, you know, the training camp entrance costume a couple weeks ago. I want to know these details. So I'm counting on somebody on the Packers beat to dig into this information and find it out for me. This is the hard cutting news we want. 
Yeah, you know, honestly, it is. It's, it's like they dropped the ball because we've got this. He's got this bust in there, and no one's no one's pressing on this man. No one's digging into the origin of of the Nick Cage bust. It just it feels like a failure of of our beat reporting. Honestly, I'm kidding, guys. We love you. We love you. We um, love you. Yes. A part of me does kind of want to just DM Schneider and be like, "Hey, next time you talk to Rogers, you should ask him." <laughs> Yeah, what, what's seriously, man? Like, let's 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 figure, let's figure this out. Oh, here um, we go. It it says that he does not know who sent it, but that there's now a bust of Nicolas Cage. So again, even more reason for an act, for an investigation. Yeah, no, that thing might have drugs in it. So that's good to know. <laughs> good to know. Uh, all right, so Steve, sorry we missed out on that. Um, there's probably, I mean, the Declaration of Independence might be in that head if you really think about it. So that's so just. Food for thought, Sarah. Food for thought. Um, all right, Packers did make some moves. We'll get to practice here in a minute. Packers, Packers made some moves, including one I thought was was relatively shocking. Uh, so we'll get to that. So they dropped five guys. They released five guys. And I'll go from from guys I do not know very well to guys I do know. So George Moore, who was a guard. Ellis Brooks, who was a linebacker. Um, I didn't. I don't really know a ton about those guys. I know they'd, they'd kind of been in camp. I heard not heard much about them. Uh, B.J. Baylor, the running back, he made some plays, including one of my favorite plays from this past week, uh, the preseason game. Dropped him. I kind of thought he was on the outside anyway. Randy Ramsey, which is a little upsetting. He was a kind of a core special teamer, was kind of coming on a little bit on edge, but uh, he had an injury. And so uh, he, that was kind of writing was on the wall, so he's gone. And the big one, the shocker, Dominic Daphne. Uh, the tight end room's kind of been in flux. I kind of had him in as a that he was going to make the roster. I, along with everyone else, was kind of shocked by this. So, Sarah, as far as these drops, I mean, especially say Ramsey and specifically Daphne, what were your thoughts when you saw that stuff come through? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Daphne was the big one for me. I I remember you know looking at work and taking a break um, after a meeting and seeing that and just going, "Whoa, what happened?" You know, I thought we were all on the same page about that one. <laughs> Um, but you know, he missed the preseason game last week due to that or a decision that I guess was partially injury related, um, is what they're saying now, you know, he only caught four passes for 60 yards and one touchdown in his career in green Bay. He struggled with injuries, you know, during his time with the Packers. And I think this really just comes down to what he was doing and that it wasn't enough. Um, and I think the Packers wanted more production from him and they just weren't getting it. And maybe they just thought, Hey, if we're not getting it, if we haven't gotten it already, we're not going to get it ever. Um, and so let's move on. Um, but that was a little surprising to me. Uh, Baylor's release was also a little bit um, surprising just because he, he did have a decent showing in the preseason game last week. You know, he had the longest play. Uh, I think he had like almost a 70 yard reception or, Something yeah, like 60, that. 60, 66, 68, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like, okay, like he, he, you know, he could be a good depth player, you know, in, mm-hmm. in his position group and that there could be something there. Um, so, yeah, like you said, some of them not super surprising. Um, but that one, def- those two at least definitely kind of uh, shocked, not shocked me, but they took me a little bit by surprise. I think, in, you know, Andy tweeted about this. Um, on Tuesday too, that if you're Tyler Davis and you see Daphne, you know, get cut, that's probably pretty good news for you and your chances of making the roster uh, probably, you know, go up a bit. And, you know, I know he didn't have the greatest game on Friday, so he probably was thinking that he could get cut and now his odds of making the team kind of look better than ever. 
Uh, so interesting there and just how it's going to develop. Um, I know they have several more cuts to make over the next few weeks, but mm-hmm. kind of kind of a surprising first one. Yeah, yeah, and I think I heard the, the Tyler Davis stuff, and you know he he did have that rough preseason game, and it's something that I always try to keep in mind is we're not there to see the vast majority of other stuff. He the guys have been the coaching staff's been raving about him all off season, and when the lights are on, or he did not do well. I mean, he, he did the uh, was responsible for the first interception that bounced off his face mask and popped straight up into the air, which was which was not good. Um, and it, he just did not look particularly good. But they probably have they must have faith in him. The other thing I've heard is you know with Tanyan coming off. PUP. He does not have to start week one, and Lafleur's made it clear that unless those guys are close to 100, percent they're not starting. Uh, maybe this is good news for Tunyon. Maybe they feel like he's ready to come back, and they need to thin that tight end room a little bit more. And like you said, the production that wasn't there with Daphne. I liked his skill set. I like what he brought. You could see kind of incremental improvement in his game. So that was I. I, I liked him. I had a soft spot for Daphne. So I'm I'm sad to see him go. Uh, but I, I'm also not. I don't know. I'm shocked, but I guess not super shocked. Uh, and the the other move they made, uh, and this gets them to 84. Uh, they they can get to 85. Roster's currently sitting at 85. They dropped five. They brought in one, so they're currently sitting 84. They brought in Nate Becker, uh, tight end from Miami of Ohio. He's undrafted free agent in 2019 with the Lions. Uh, spent 2019 to 2020 with the Bills, and I believe 2021 with the Panthers. Uh, so he hasn't done much. I watched uh, some highlight clips, and he seems big body guy was he six five two fifty eight like he's a big dude uh seems to have pretty decent hands but even from the clips i, I was watching looked fairly raw like I, I assume at this point can't body you drop daphne you bring in becker you see what someone has and that that's about it but i don't know sarah did you have a uh, thoughts on thoughts on becker and maybe any conspiracy theories about that one open slot they are they going to get someone sarah with one open slot I don't know. I don't really have any conspiracy theories. My first impression with Becker is just that he's a big dude, you know, looking mm-hmm. at purely from a physical standpoint, he's 6'5", 264 pounds. And um, according to this article that I'm looking at right now, that puts him as the second biggest tight end on the roster, only behind Mercedes Lewis, which it's pretty <laughs> hard to be bigger than Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Uh, he's just an absolute monster. Um, so like you said, um, that's an opportunity to maybe throw him in the mix. This story um, is obviously old, though, because it says he should have a chance to contend with Dominic Daphne and Tyler Davis for backup roles in the rotation, <laughs> especially after the latter two underwhelmed in Green Bay's preseason openers. So uh, uh, hopefully uh, that works out there. But Only one of those guys now. Only one of those yeah, guys you're now competing one. with. Um, and we'll see how it goes. This story is in Heavy, uh, heavy.com if you want to check it out, even though it's old, but it has some good background information on Becker. Like you said, where he's from, you know, what, what he did in college, what he's done in the NFL. Um, and we'll see, you know, Packers have a good reputation for bringing in guys like this and turning them into decent players. So I hope that he's at least somewhat of an addition to the tight end room. Yeah, maybe he's a developmental guy. I mean, Tunyon came in this way. Tyler Davis came in this way. Uh, maybe he's a developmental guy. Maybe he's nothing, but who knows? Right now, he's he's a dude, and we keep an eye on him, and maybe we hear his name again in a week that they've dropped him, and maybe he sticks around for a little bit. Who knows? Uh, some would say that it's a beautiful mystery. Some some might say. Some might say, Sarah. Uh all right, so we've got uh, we had a game this past weekend, like you mentioned. I say weekend. It was Friday, but it's Friday night. Friday night's the weekend. We're all living for the weekend at that point. Uh, did you have any before, I guess, before we, we get to 
today uh, or yesterday, what happened yesterday. Did you have any kind of big takeaway thoughts from that first preseason game? Anything that kind of stuck out to you? Honestly, not really. Nothing super surprised me. I was, you know, a little disappointed to see Tyler Davis, and we already talked about that a little bit. You know, expectations were through the roof. He didn't meet them. Um, Dub seemed to play decently well, a couple drops, but, you know, he had, a, he had a nice touchdown and Love had a good throw. I think, again, the overreactions and just quickness to – jump all over love and criticize is always ridiculous. Again, it's a preseason game. You can never really tell how good or bad someone is. It's just all gross and annoying. Um, But hopefully, I think the big thing with him was just some accuracy and inconsistencies, which is the inconsistencies are consistent with what we've heard and what others have reported from camp that that seems to be the consistent thing with Jordan love that he's inconsistent one day, he looks amazing or he'll make a few great plays and then he doesn't. Um, so we'll see about that defense seemed okay. You know, some of the first round guys were in for much longer than I anticipated that they would be, but Hey, if they're able to get in there and, and get reps, um, I think that's a good sign that they want some of those guys out on the field week one, that they want them, you know, to, Um, just get a feel for the speed and everything in the NFL. I know, you know, they played at top colleges, but there's obviously a difference. So that was, you know, it was exciting. It was also nice, you know, once people came out and I didn't really know anyone's names anymore that I could stop watching and that I did not have to write a game recap about it. Um, But what about you? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, no, a lot of the same. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I want to keep an eye on Quay Walker. I'll be talking about that a little later. But, you know, he um, he didn't play that long. I think he played uh, 12 snaps or something. Uh, but I think he showed some good stuff. I think Slayton, TJ Slayton, played like the entire first half. 
Uh, and I thought he showed some really good stuff. Uh, even Chris Slayton kind of popped a little bit. Jack Heflin showed some good stuff. And I mean, again, talking about preseason, Heflin showed some good stuff last preseason, and then he he didn't crack the roster at all last year. So a lot of this is take with a grain of salt. But yeah, I mean, the the big stuff with with Love for me was, I mean, he looked smoother. He looked more decisive. I think him going through his reads and his footwork was way better than it has been in any of the previous two preseasons. But I'm, I, that, the accuracy still concerns me. Like the some of his decision making that you know, not even the interceptions, but the ones that could potentially turn into interceptions. The throwing the ball to the heavens on on a play action bootleg with a guy in his face is a bad decision. Uh, say like missing those throws in the flat. The interceptions. The you know, you'll hear people say because Lafleur said you know those three guys, those three interceptions were not on him. That's not entirely accurate. That's that's protecting his young guy a little bit. But I mean, certainly the first one was not, and the other two you can make certain. The third one I think is all on him. I think that Amari Rogers one is all on him. But the thing that concerned me the most was the uh, the throws to the flat. And the reason that concerns me is that that was the book on him and coming out of college was his accuracy is a little spotty. And, and sometimes you can fix that. But a lot of studies have shown that who you are from the accuracy perspective in college is basically who you, who you are in the pros. There's outliers of that. Josh Allen, for sure, was uh, was was not looking good. Uh, but then he's turned into, I mean, just an insane quarterback. Uh, but for the most part, who you are in terms of uh I think if you're if you complete less than sixty percent of your passes in college, uh, you're kind of you're you're looking at like that's basically your level. You're not you're always going to be inconsistent in the pros, uh, and and he showed that. And so that in his third year, even though a lot of other stuff seemed cleaned up, that's a concern to me. But like you said, it's preseason game one. I was mainly just excited to watch football and see some guys. By the I mean by the third quarter, I was like, oh man, Danny Etling to BJ Baylor, let's go! And like I don't care about either of those guys. So that was uh. It's fun. It's football's back. Uh, so I had, a, I had a good time with it and way overanalyze some stuff, which I will get to later. Um, but speaking of the here and now, Sarah, yesterday, the Packers had not a game, not a game, but they had a joint practice with the Saints. The New Orleans Saints were in town. Uh, the big thing I was concerned with was Trevor Penning has been kicked out of like four Saints practices at this point just for being just for fighting which was the book on him in college is this guy's a little too aggressive and he's been kicked out of multiple Saints practices so I kept I was like waiting for is he gonna get kicked out of joint practice and he did not Trevor Penning did not get kicked out of a practice uh but it seemed like I don't know some pretty big takeaways I think again grain of salt it's practice but joint practices they can they can tell you a lot you've been practicing it against your own guys all off season now you get a chance to go against other guys so Sarah we got a lot of reports. Uh, you know, I was, you know, Herman and, and Bill Huber and Matt Schneidman and all these guys just throwing a whole bunch of stuff. What were some of your big takeaways from uh, from the joint practice yesterday? Yeah, so really high level takeaways. Offense struggled a bit. Defense thrived. You know, just looking at two tweets from Schneidman and Andy, you know, Matt Schneidman, here we go. Packers defense just put on an absolute clinic against the Saints offense. Pocket collapsing repeatedly, tight coverage all over. Rasua Douglas is talking an incredible amount of shit, just a preposterous <laughs> amount. Sean Quote Davis the caps the period with a pick six um, from Ian Book. And then Andy says Packers offense off to a rough start, two false starts, hold, and a possible offensive pass interference, not doing much against the Saints defense. Nice cut by Dexter Williams, but not much doing. And as he's typing another false start. So Literally, I saw those tweets almost back to back, and it just seemed like it was that kind of day for the Packers. Um, you know, Rashawn Gary, uh, it seemed like there was a scare with Rashawn Gary for 
a hot minute there. You, you know, he spent some time with Dr. McKenzie and he didn't participate in the two minute drill, but he was walking around with his head, um, his headphones, his helmet on. Um, but then Schneidman later reported that it appears that he's fine, that everyone, you know, is okay with it. And like we know, and we've talked about for multiple years now when we cover the off season that, or the preseason now, excuse me, um, that the Packers are always extra, extra cautious with quote unquote injuries or just guys that maybe get a little bit beat up. So it seems like that just might be the case there. Um, Rogers in, you know, some people's words expressed much like very much frustration (laughs) with the wide receiver room. Uh, So Rob Dombowski, you know, if you're listening, you've listened and followed the Packers uh, for a while. Um, You know, he's an ESPN staff writer for the Packers and he wrote a story. This is the lead. um, And I'm going to read it because it just made me chuckle a little bit. The expiration date on Aaron Rodgers' patience with the Green Bay Packers' young pass catchers must have read August 16th. For the first time since losing Devontae Adams this offseason, Rodgers expressed frustration with the group. So I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but I did. Um, But, if you know, the reality of it is I don't think it's really that big of a deal. If anything, it's – and Dusty and I were talking about this a little more – the real – what seems like the real part of the story here is that it took until August 16th for Rogers to publicly call out that he was frustrated with the wide receivers because in past years, it seems like on day one or two, he's pissed off. He lights into these guys, you know, he's yelling at them. People report that he visibly, you know, had words with someone he talks about with the media. So you know, yes, could it be better? And I does Aaron Rodgers want it to be better? It seems like he does. But the fact that it's taken him this long, either, you know, he's he's done so much meditation that his patience is now, you know, he is longer, or maybe it's just not all that it's cracked up to be, that it isn't such a disaster. Um, on the positive side with Rodgers, you know, they asked um, – him about uh, wide receiver one. He basically said Alan Lazard's wide receiver one. He's, you know, one of the best slot receivers in the league, and um, which was great. And he also mentioned there are a lot of big things coming for Sammy Watkins. Watkins had what I think was one of the biggest plays of camp so far for um, – he had a touchdown catch on a free play. So a lot of interesting takeaways and just seemed like it wasn't really the offense's day. Uh, but the defense shined, and I kind of love that, honestly. Yeah, I think it was the first year, the EQ MBS year, their rookie year. Like, I thought Rodgers was going to fight them. Like, some of the reports coming out of there and his tone when talking about them, like, oh, he's he's straight up going to murder one of them on the field. Uh, so this this is tame by comparison. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of my takeaways kind of echo what you said. The, the Schneidman quote is the quote of the day. Uh, with the Rasul talking is tremendous. Um, I thought that some of the Quay stuff was telling. So he had in what sounded like one of the big defensive plays of the day was uh, this was from from Andy. He said Quay Walker comes off the edge, forced to hold on Ramchick, and Clay, Quay still would have got the sack. Wow, play for Quay! And I think uh, Huber mentioned it in Scheidman as well as like one of the defensive plays of the game. That one was interesting for me uh, because I I, I kind of talked about 
uh, a few weeks ago about how that they may look to use Quay that way. They may look to use him like with that lack of depth, depth that Edward edge rusher, if they kind of like his game, kind of use him as a, as a rusher. We really only saw one rep of him as a pass rusher in the preseason game and they lined him over, over a guard and he got washed out just, just absolutely demolished. So uh, kind of getting that good uh, edge rush against Bramcheck, like that's not a scrub. That's, that's, the Saints starter and a good offensive lineman uh, that, that's promising. You don't want to read into too much into one snap, but it confirms a lot of my uh, preconceived notions. So I'm going to go ahead and take that and run with that. So I like that. But then immediately following was Quay got beat pretty bad uh, by the, the option on an option route by Kamara for a touchdown. Uh, apparently beat him, beat him bad, beat him, beat him real bad. Uh, so that feels about right. I feel like that's, that's probably what we're going to see with Quay. We see some, we're going to see some highs. We're going to see some lows. But also to be fair, he's not going to be covering a, a running back the caliber of, of Kamara running routes out of the backfield on every single down. So again, you kind of take that like he got beat. He's a rookie. Like that's going to happen. He's going to have to take his lumps. He's going to have wow plays. He's going to take his lumps. Um, ultimately, I, I I think he's going to be better than he is bad. But I think you are going to have kind of those ups and downs with him. Um, and then yeah, aside from that, I mean, like you said, the the receiver stuff, which you know. It, it seemed like he was frustrated some with the receivers, but with the offense overall as well. He talked to, you kind of mentioned the mental mistakes, the mental errors, a lot of pre-snap penalties. Um, he said like a, a lot of simple plays were messed up, kind of the theme of camp is how he closed that statement. So you tell he's kind of frustrated there, but then he also said, uh, I don't know if this is, it's damning with faint praise. Uh, he said it was kind of a stalemate on the, for the offense today, but then he said, which is good because every other day against the Packers defense, uh, they've been on the short end. And like I said, the defense, the defense shining was really nice because we know what the Packers have been, will likely look like uh, early part of the season on offense. They've got the new wide receivers, rookie guys are figuring stuff out. It may be a little herky jerky and the defense has been dominating, but how much is that due to defense versus not defense? And granted Jameis was not playing today, but they still, the way they shut them down against legit wide receivers is really promising. That wasn't just the Packers are doing that against, they're doing that against another team. So that was uh, like all the stuff from the defensive side. I wish we would have seen more from the offensive side. Like, oh, they're figuring it out. Everything's looking good. Uh, and Dubs did have, or Dobbs, sorry, some pretty good plays. I know he kind of, I think he beat Lattimore, but then dropped a pass, which has also been a theme for him. Some big plays kind of mixed in with some drops. So I don't know. It's a... Uh, it was exciting seeing this stuff come out because we talked about it before the um, reads practice stuff. And it's always that play is good and also bad because the Packers did something good, but that means the other side of the Packers did something bad. Um, so seeing Packers defense dominate, you don't have to worry about the state of their offense uh, was nice. So yeah, like a good day overall for joint practice. They've got another one uh, today, if I'm not mistaken. And they've got the game on Friday. Um, so should be good. Another, another Friday night game close out the week uh, and I will fall asleep on my couch. So I think that's, that's about all we have, unless you have any other takeaways for camp. And and as always, you guys brought some great questions. So I think we'll, we'll hit some questions. Yep. Should be good end to the week. And, you know, like I said earlier, we're, we're getting closer and that's all I care about at this point. So moving on to questions. We had a good mix of Packers questions, food questions, life questions, uh, but before we dive into the questions, I want to start uh, from a su- with a suggestion um, from our, our good friend, has been a loyal listener of the show for many years now, a Scottish Packers fan. Um, and he, he said, he sent us a three-part tweet, so buckle up. Steve suffered a lot over the years. 
But in the year of our Lord 2023, I think he might have met 2022, his prayers were finally answered. We paid an elite inside linebacker big money, and then we drafted another with our first overall pick. I think Steve may have had to sell his soul for this. So my question is, can you please have a running weekly segment this season, Steve, Steve's Linebacker Corner, or a better or funnier name that you guys can come up with? Just a couple of minutes per week where Steve can ask <laughs> about his favorite linebacker play or talk about something Devondre or Quay said in an interview, or just anything inside linebacker-related. Love you guys. Go, Pat, go. So this is hilarious and very creative, so I want to I talk about it for a few minutes. Dusty, what are your thoughts on this idea? First of all, I, I love this man. Um, like you said, loyal listener for a very long time. He sent us all uh, care packages of Oreos like a year ago or something, which forever grateful, forever grateful. Um, I think it is adorable. Um, that he listens to the show on the regular and thinks that we have to have a segment for Steve to talk about linebackers. I don't know what world there is. Like he's going to do that anyway. Steve does not need an excuse. Like if Quay or Devondre says something in an interview, or if someone makes a tackle, a single tackle behind the line of scrimmage, he is going to be talking about it. He doesn't need a segment. Um, if we feel like we need to give him one and we can just kind of, uh, honestly, I think the move Sarah might be Steve records that on his own. And then we splice it in later to the episode, and and that way we don't have to hear him talking about it. But I think that's that's basically it. Steve's going to talk about it anyway. Um, I don't know that we need a segment. I feel like Steve talking about inside linebackers is just the meme from The Simpsons where it's like old man yells at cloud. That's <laughs> that's just him. Um, so maybe that if we you know if we decide one day we want to have a segment. Or maybe it's one of those things where it's an emergency podcast and Steve records mm-hmm. it really quick and then sends us the clip. And like you said, we can, you know, insert it, splice in, it in, in yeah. the next episode. And maybe that's what the segment is. Angry man yells about inside linebackers. Although, uh, Sarah, if I'm, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, I think he's lost a little bit of his vigor. I think what was driving him was his rage that the Packers did not do anything with inside linebackers now. And now that they have, I don't think that he really like, cares as much because they've addressed the issue and now he's just he's fine i think he i think he lived off being mad about it now that he can't be mad about it anymore i think he's lost that passion for the position i might be wrong i might be wrong but it certainly feels that way i think that's the way it's going steve we need you to get angry again we need you to just start yelling on the podcast again it's not the same without you doing that the people like what they like (laughs) all righty our next question from the one and only Ken Ingalls, he wants to know, if you have to RSVP to a wedding reception and need to select a meal, are you choosing the chicken or the fish? So I'll start with this one. Um, I'm going to go with chicken. Um, I feel like bad chicken is more bearable than bad fish. So if mm-hmm. something were to go wrong, I'd feel a little bit better. Um, it also... I. I Personally, I can be a little picky when it comes to fish. Um, I, you know, I, I like certain kinds. I like it cooked a certain way. Where chicken, and I'm like, okay, I'll eat chicken. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Fried, grilled, uh, blackened, whatever, I'll eat it. Um, so we'll we'll go from there. But I just feel like it's a bit of a safer choice for me. Yeah, no, I'm going that way as well. They said picky about, and I, you know, nah, get all high and mighty about food, but like the quality of fish. You know, like it's got to be 
it's got to be because if, if it's a bad quality fish and then it's cooked kind of fine, it doesn't matter. Like you're still going to have kind of that weird taste to it. So it's, there's, I think a whole lot of, I love good fish, but I think more things have to go right to have good fish than things have to go right to have like decent chicken. And I'm, I'm going to take, I'll take at the very least, my baseline is going to be decent chicken as opposed to just an outright disaster if the fish goes wrong. So yeah, I'll take, I'll take chicken. All right. So two for chicken, zero for fish. Next question from the Glen. They want to know, would you rather be stuck in bumper to bumper rush hour traffic for two hours at the beginning of your trip or one hour at the end of your trip? It's a question See, none of the above. <laughs> I was going to say, I hate it so much. I've been in both of these situations. Um, I will go, you know what? I'm going to go, I would, I would rather take the hour at the end of the trip. I know that's frustrating because you want to get home and you're tired and it, it's an hour. And like, I've been in the situation, but there's nothing like, because um, I've experienced this somewhat recently, there's nothing like, man, we're getting in the car, we're doing this, we're going on our vacation, we're finally going to go. And then you're stuck for two hours. Like you've got that excitement for the trip to go. By the time you're going home anyway, you're worn down and you're tired. What's an extra hour? Who cares? Like you're, I'm dead inside at that point. I can just, I can stare into the void for an hour in traffic. I don't care. But that two hours or whatever it is on the way out, you're sapping my excitement before the vacation's even going, man. So I'll I'll go, I'd, I'd rather be delayed on the way back. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't want to be boring, but I, I also agree. Um, I've been in both situations before, and for me, I love having things to look forward to. I love going mm-hmm. on trips. I, you know, that's why I love football season so much because it's something that all year I look forward to, and then it, it comes and it goes, and then I look forward to it again the next year. Um, and same goes with trips. You know, if I'm going somewhere, I, I just want to get there. When that date comes mm-hmm. on the calendar, I want to get there. I want to go. I want to start doing the things that I have in mind. And to just have something that's out of my control jump in and say, no, you have to wait two more hours before you can do that thing that you've probably waited, you know, weeks or even months for um, is just annoying as all hell. Um, and like you said, mm-hmm. one hour at the end, I'm already probably exhausted yeah, is it annoying? Of course, but at least I've done the things that I've wanted to do. Um, so I'll go from there. Yeah. Next question is from John Alft, and they want to know, how much do you want to gush about Olave, and how conflicted are you because of it? So, Dusty, this is your angry man <laughs> yells at cloud moment, so I'll let you have it. I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad at this point. I think, you know, I would have been upset because I'm still upset about Justin Jefferson because I was so close. Olave was not close. He went, what was it, pick 11? Yeah. Like, the Packers never, like, I talked myself into him because I think he would have been the perfect fit in Green Bay. I think he would have been amazing. I fall in love every draft season. It never ends up happening. So deep down, I knew it wasn't going to happen. But I think as soon as, I think Drake London went at uh, uh, eight, it's like, Olave's not making it to the green Bay. Like there's no way unless they trade up and then the saints got him at 11. So um, I'm not, not upset because it wasn't close. Um, I honestly, at this point, I, I hope he just absolutely destroys the league. I love his game. I hope he has a tremendous career. Uh, I hope he has a great rookie season in new Orleans. And I, I'm actually really excited to watch him. I'm excited to see what he does uh, down there. Cause I think he could be just an absolute game changer. So yeah, I'm not, I actually, I actually still want to gush about him. 
and I honestly don't really care. Like, unless he drops, you know, 500 yards on a regular season game or a playoff game against the Packers, I'm not really going to care. Uh, I like good football players doing good things, and I wish it was in Green Bay, and it's not. Uh, but it was never really close, so I'm I'm not actually angry. Is that disappointing? Should I be angry? Should I feign anger, Sarah? I just feel like we're being so nice today. We've agreed on the oh, question. Oh, Steve's not here. There's only yeah. <laughs> there's only two of us. We're always nicer when there's only two of us. <laughs> I thought you were about to say we're always nicer when Steve's not here. No, because when it's me and Steve, we're nicer than when than when it's the three of us too. So it's just I think we just we need the three of us. We miss some of the anger and the dynamic when there's when there's only two, I think. Yeah. Well and the odds that naturally the odds that we disagree are higher. You know, there's an extra mm-hmm. person in there with opinions yeah. and um as you know, people know we like to yell at each other and take mm-hmm. any opportunity to do so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, last question is from Brian Hartstad, another loyal, loyal listener of the show. Wow, that was difficult to say for no reason. He wants to know, with this week's recent additions off the pup list and others still on it, which inactive players are most critical to playing week one? Is it Crosby, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Tunyon? And then a food question, favorite sandwich for a picnic, Dusty. So I'll go Jenkins. Um, this was a toss up for a handful of different guys. And I'm, I tried to take out like, I want to go Bakhtiari because that means, well, Bakhtiari is ready for week one. And I didn't want to do that because you're not rushing a guy's uh, like his healing process there. But I'll go Jenkins just because I think thinking about this, because part of it, I do think Bakhtiari is further away. Jenkins just seeing his, his reps, his past reps on the side, like, oh, oh he, he might be ready. Um, just offensive line is so important. And the offensive line looks not great without him, but you put him in there and the dominoes that fall with Jenkins in there suddenly looks a whole lot better. Uh, and even, you know, Bakhtiari would, would be the left, but then the right side is still kind of shuffled a little. I feel a little better with, with Nyman on the left and Jenkins on the right than putting Bakhtiari out there and putting, uh, I don't know, Newman, Royce Newman or something, a right tackle. So I'll go Jenkins. Um, Tunyon is right up there just because of the tight end situation as well, but I'm going to go, I'll go Jenkins. Um, and then, I don't know, favorite sandwich. I'm a tough time with this because I don't do a lot of picnics. Um, let's go ham and cheese. Put, put ham and cheese in a cooler. I have a hard time going wrong with ham and cheese. And as Sarah and I were talking earlier, bring some chips, throw some chips on that sucker, and then just just have yourselves a day, man. 100%. So I'll, I'll go backwards. I'll start with the food question. Um, I'm going to go salami sandwich or like an Italian sub um, I, I don't know why, but you know, when I used to actually go on picnics as a kid with my grandma, she, we would always make salami sandwiches. She'd put a little bit, you know, I'm picky as a kid, so it would be 
Very straightforward. She'd put some butter on the bread, a little bit of mustard, slice of cheese, salami, white mountain bread. Boom. There we go. And of course, like Dusty said, I'd always add Fritos, Doritos, Cheetos, whatever chip was available, would add it to my sandwich. And it was great. Um, You know, in Florida, our big thing is always sandwiches after the pool. That's a staple of childhood. I mean, I can just close my eyes and I my all my senses activate and I go back to that moment when you get out of the pool and you come and you know you're sitting on the patio and your mom or your friend's parent brings out the tray of just all the snacks and the chicken nuggets and it's just wonderful wonderful memories um and then as far as which an active player is most critical to playing week one you know what Dusty said I think all of those points are valid but I'm gonna go Crosby um, as we know, special teams is a disaster last year, and I had no issue talking about it week after week. And I'd like to see some improvement and not having the one guy who's really been the most consistent uh, performer on special teams in week one uh, could be a little problematic, especially, um, you know, playing a divisional opponent that the Packers, no matter if they're way better than them or neck and neck all season, you know, it, it doesn't matter. They always seem to struggle against them. They always give each other a tough um, battle and tough matchup. And it could come down to a field goal or a missed field goal or an extra point or something, you know, just a, a few points. So I think having Crosby there and his veteran consistency and leadership is, is actually pretty important for week one. So I'll switch it up and, and I'll pick the old man kicker. That's good. I have in my mind, Sarah, that they would uh, turn into like there was a game. I remember it was a uh, greatest show on turf Rams, um, 2000, 2001, something like that. And I think a Monday night or Sunday night game and the kicker got injured and they just went for it. <laughs> Two point conversion every fourth down. There's no punting. There's no kicking. And, and you know, the, the Packers current group is nothing like the greatest show on turf Rams and they were humming, but that's what I have on my mind. Listen, man, Crosby's not there. They're just, they're going for two point conversions and they're going for every fourth down. And it's very exciting in my mind. And the end result probably would not be as exciting as all that. Yeah. They'd be just go full Madden and go for it every single time. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, that will wrap it up for today's episode. Thanks as always to everybody who sent in questions. Before we go, Dusty, I know you had a few things cooking the last week. I've gotten several newsletters from you in my email <laughs> inbox. So any final thoughts from you? Oh, man, too much. I don't know what happened, man. I never really pay attention to preseason as far as this stuff. And I got carried away. Um, I think I overextended myself in the first week. and I'm going to be burning myself out very, very quickly. But uh, a lot of stuff done the past couple of weeks or the past week. Uh, so I did. First of all, I keep forgetting to mention it because um, I'm I'm bad at promoting things. Uh, we st- I started a podcast with uh, uh, Aaron Alice. It's a uh, heroine on Twitter and uh, Monty Moore who does some stuff with She's Head TV. I think he's actually up in Wisconsin this week called Watching Stuff where we're going through the Marvel movies. Uh, so we've got two episodes of that out now. We started with Captain America. We did Iron Man. We're doing every other week because I'm busy and we're all busy and we can't do it. But uh, really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm able to rewatch a lot of that Marvel stuff. So that's check that out if you've not already. And then as far as football stuff, uh, so this week I'm Packer Report. I don't remember when any of this stuff came out, but it's been in the past few days. So you can find it because it's all out except for the last one. Uh, Pack Report, I wrote about the Danny Etling to BJ Baylor, uh, whatever, the 66, 68-yard gain off mesh off a really, really beautiful 
uh, running of that with with Baylor on the rail route. And that's mesh is a concept I've long loved. People who know me know I've talked about it a bunch, but did not go well for them this past year. And so kind of seeing that is kind of a different way they ran it uh, was was encouraging. So that's over in Pack Report. On Cheesehead TV, I wrote up the Amari Rogers touchdown, uh, which again, if you know me, know I love Amari Rogers and lost my mind when that happened. So I kind of talked about that and how the Niners were kind of what they're what they were doing with coverage and why the check went to Amari Rogers and kind of how he was able to get to the end zone. So that's up on Cheesehead TV. I also did a video on uh, Romeo Dobbs touchdown and kind of the uh, kind of talk through the coverage, what Love was seeing, what the initial check was, and then why he went to Dobbs. And so that was you know, six minutes or something like that. And that was really fun to put together. That was, again, kind of talking about the progression reading and footwork of Love and tying this stuff together. Uh, I think a really good example of how far he's come in the past couple of years. That was a tremendous play by him. Uh, and then over my sub stack, I did something called the RPO report, which I'm hoping to do every week for the season where I'm looking at the RPOs run by the Packers that week, what they did running, what they did passing, blah, 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 blah. And so I kind of did something like that in the offseason. I'm trying to keep up with that week to week um, to get pretty good numbers on what they did from the RPO game. And then lastly, I've been talking for way too long. Um, I did last night, two nights ago, a video, a live stream on Twitter uh, where I looked at uh, a bunch of Quay Walker clips from the preseason game. I looked at eight and then Sam Holman joined me and Sam Holman's great. He joined me because he knows a bunch more about defense and defensive line play than I do. And we looked at every snap from Slayton uh, from the preseason game, which was, I mean, I learned a ton. That was very enlightening. And then tonight, as you're listening to this, hoping it happens or should happen, I'm not sure what time, I'm going to be joined by Lori Fitzpatrick, who we've had on the podcast before. She's a Jags writer um, for Touchdown Wire. Very smart. One of the one of my favorite film people. And we're going to be going through Romeo Dub snap. Uh, Romeo Dub snaps from the preseason Sweet. game and looking at all of his run snaps, um, and all of his snaps in the run game, all of his stuff in the passing game. Some of them we'll probably spend a little bit of time on and some will probably gloss over. But I'm really excited about that. Uh, kind of digging into his night and, uh, and always excited to talk to Lori. And so, again, too much stuff. I've overextended myself, Sarah. No, you'll be great as always. And tell her I said hi. Yeah, she was a great I guest will. on the show a couple of years ago. And I've, mm-hmm. I've continued to follow her and you know like and support her stuff. So definitely cool that you've stayed connected. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm not, you know, riding for Cheesehead as we've, we've talked about before. But I'm excited to just kind of get back into it a bit with Packers content. I, you know, have been really nice. busy the last few weeks with, work and it's honestly been really stressful i've had a lot of stuff going on just my personal life and everything too um but i just feel like i said and i've been talking about multiple times on this episode whenever the season comes around i just always find time for the packers somehow and i will tweet about them and you know fire off a funny meme here and there and i just love that i have that to look forward to so i'm really excited you know i've had couple people ask me been like hey are, are you not talking about the Packers anymore you don't really you're not really tweeting a lot I've just been really busy and honestly I wish I I had the time to do it um but I'm, I'm really excited to hopefully get back into it uh for the season I, I definitely have missed it you know I wish I could be more involved but life is just taking me different places yeah. right now and um but I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great year. You know, like Steve alluded to last week, as far as we know, we're still going to be covering, you know, Packers offense versus whatever team they're playing that week's defense. And we always have a good time doing that. 
Uh, so just a few more weeks, you know, less than a month away as we're recording this and, you know, we'll be there. So, um, you know, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully Steve will be back and we'll have more Nicholas Cage and crazy Packers <laughs> content to discuss. But as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast, at Sarah Kelleher 4, at Dusty Evely, and don't forget about Steve too, at Steve Perhatch. And we'll talk to you next week. As always, go Pack Go! Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.